Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I'm your host, Cad Bane. (laughs) I like your hat in this episode, Cad. Thanks. It's smaller. (laughs) I'm actually Ryan Keyes. That's my name. (laughs) Not Cad Bane. I knew that. Everyone could see you. You know that, right? Um, (laughs) Hey, I'm Nick. Yo, yo. Good to see y'all. We're actually, uh, people can see us actually right now because we're joined by a bunch of our Jedi Council patrons, the new Patreon tier. I just said y'all for no reason, which reminded me, did you ever see that Star Wars shirt that says, may the force be with (laughs) y'all? No, No, but (laughs) it's pretty awesome. It speaks to me. (laughs) That's incredible. Of the two places where you've spent, where you've had a home, neither of those places say y'all. Where did that come from? Zero (laughs) percent. More like New York is yo. Yo. What's up, yo? Yo. <laughs> Y'all runs deep, yeah. deep in my lineage. <laughs> it's a deep shout. <laughs> Anybody? Can little Nikki, come on. Please help me. <laughs> I mean, that sucks. All right. Um, let's have a Star Wars podcast. Now, this one is about the Bad Batch, of course, again, because we are exactly halfway through the season as of episode eight this past week. Good times. Thank the maker. A little Nikki podcast. <laughs> An Adam Sandler retrospective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, this episode rips. Let's talk about it. Let's get straight into the thing and then we'll discuss. What have you done with those plans? The Bad Batch season one, episode eight, Reunion, debuted this past Friday, June 18th, 2021 on Disney Plus, of course. Sounds so peaceful, you know, like. Reunion. Reunion. It's like happy. Oh, it's going to be cute. It's, yeah, it's going to be great. Getting the gang back together. Getting the band back together. Yeah, like it's going to have the soundtrack from American Pie or some shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Directed by Stuart Lee, who has directed a bunch of other Star Wars animation. I can say this now confidently. Stuart is badass. Can confirm. Confirmed. Uh, Mythbusters steel thing dropping on the ground. Confirmed. <laughs> badass. Written by Christian Taylor, who wrote some Six Feet Under episodes, some Lost episodes. Badass burger. (laughs) (laughs) Adult mac and cheese episode directed by Stuart Lee. (laughs) Love that he wrote some Six Feet Under and Lost. That's very cool. Two of my all-time favorites. I've never watched Six Feet Under. Come on, man. I'm sorry to have disappointed you. Get your shit together. I've seen some. I'll put that on my not at all long list of things that I need to watch. I know. It's, I don't even recommend anything to anyone anymore because I just know that whatever I tell you is going so far down on an already existent list that I'm, there's no point. Yo, but dude, have you seen this? No, never mind. Six Feet Under is amazing television. I feel like dude. that was like one of the first like big HBO shows, right? It was like the third one. If you go Oz, yeah. Sopranos, Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. freaking good. That whole era where there wasn't a million shows, it was just those three on HBO. Dude, I started it the other night uh, with my girlfriend because she's never seen it. And the first season is still in 4-3 aspect ratio. Oh, ratio. Whoa. Yeah. Where does The Wire fit in that lineage of shows? 
Um, uh, actually, it's around the same time, too. I Word. think at Six Feet Under. I've never seen The Wire either. I'm a loser. Yeah, same. Thank the Maker, an HBO podcast. <laughs> Home box office. This stars, of course, um, D. Bradley Baker as a thousand people and brings back two favorites, Corey Burton as Cad Bane and Seth Green as the sidekick Toto 360. Wow. Who um, wow. was succeeded by um, Toto 1S or, uh, I don't know, my Xbox joke is failing. Um, <laughs> 27-minute runtime, Disney Plus describes it as the following. The Bad Batch find themselves cornered on treacherous terrain. They're getting even less descriptive, even yeah. more vague. Mm-hmm. These one-liners are deliberate, for sure, the whole season. You know, I wouldn't watch that show, honestly. If you told me, hey, watch this show about the Bad Batch that finds themselves cornered on treacherous terrain, I'd be like, meh. Are they rock climbing? Like, I'm going to go like, watch Six Feet Under. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, The Bad Batch, 72 Hours, starring, what's his name? What is that? I don't know. Is that what the movie's called? Where, uh, oh, James Franco gets his arm caught in the- Oh, 128 hours? 128 hours, yeah. (laughs) That movie's rough. I never saw that. Yeah, that's brutal. Saw it once and said, nope, never again. Good job, but never again. I don't think I need to rewatch that one. You know know what I watch? I've never seen that, so this might be off base, but- the only thing I would recommend to everyone is that show on the History Channel called Alone. It's like real life survival oh, shit. Oh, that's brutal. Oh my God, is it good. That's... We just finished season seven last night and it was unbelievable. So it's like reality. Like they have a camera person with them. And no, no camera has... people. It's all self-shot. Oh, what? And it's usually last man standing wins some money. And this season seven was 100 days in the Arctic and you get a million dollars. So wow. One person. Uh, rough. Very, cool. very sick. I mean, I would probably go for that. If someone said, yo, you want to do this? I'd probably go for it. With what skills and training? Yeah, all the people are like... I was an Eagle Scout, well, almost. So was I. But I'm, that doesn't mean uh, I could go spend, uh, what was it, 10 days? No, 100. This last 100. season was 100 days 100 for $1 days million. Dollars. in the Arctic without skills of like how to survive and hunt game in the Arctic. Like that's... Yo, I've hunted... Adam, built a bow from scratch. As, as a vegan, I don't even know if you could watch the show because it's so depressing with how many animals they <laughs> Oh, that's they true. I would have to kill and eat animals. No, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd be screwed. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. I could make a hell of a lean-to, though. <laughs> I like your, uh, I like where your head's at, but I, I, I don't want to lose my friend because he thinks he can survive for 100 days in the Arctic on a TV show. Yeah. It's coming from a fellow Eagle Scout that can also make a lean-to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... If there was like a nearby rice paddy or like a like a field with soybeans growing, maybe I could I could pull it off. Yeah, there's t- fields of that shit in the Arctic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Arctic beans. <laughs> All right, um, legumes, Arctic legumes, legumes. <laughs> We're on one. Is it that late? Are we loopy already? <laughs> I've had a pretty long day, but you know, I like hanging out with you guys talking about Star Wars or not. But we should talk about Star Wars. <laughs> Let's do that. Oh yeah, that's why we're here. Um, <laughs> So we already kind of gave our first impressions. We just loved this episode. And we talked about in the React piece that the patrons get a few days ago. I think we kind of all thought, to kind of put this at the top favorite episode. I put it second to the premiere. Mm-hmm. So we're agreeing it's second to the premiere. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. It was I mean, intense. Incredible. Had just kind of that thing that's happened since Mando where stuff you think is going to like wind up ending the season just wind up coming episodes earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah which is cool because that just means something that we're not expecting or something that we haven't figured out is actually going to happen, which is cool in a Mm -hmm. speculatory sense. 
This had all the ingredients for liking the animated style when it's just, I don't know, more pure Star Wars, mm-hmm. like less cartoon. I don't, you know what I mean? This was like, yeah. this was just a classic battle, troopers versus troopers and droids. And, you know, it was not, there was no monster of the week thing going on at all here. Um, and then the stakes of what's happening in the episode, I think, combined with that is is what made it such a favorite for me. Hell of a pace in this thing, man. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was some dicking around with, oh, what can we carry of all these weapons in this, you know, weapons hole, whatever. But very few pit stops like that. You know, everything was like suspense, all the stuff in the, the well, you know, we'll get to in the, um, like the, whatever you call it, the the opening of the ion engine, you know, all that stuff. Just tension, suspense, pace yeah. through the roof. There were some funny moments, though. For sure. And two of them were like adorably cute and they both were Omega things. Mm-hmm. When Wrecker's trying to pull open like the doors to like the thermal detonator things and he can't like open them and she's just like, doop, and yep. opens the door with like the button. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> that was such like a, a, a Terminator moment. Again, I swear, like when, you know, Arnold rips the steering column off and then John Connor flips down the visor and hands him the keys and he goes, Still learning or whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's another one that I really feel like is like really low key. You have to look for it. When uh, Tech is on like the main deck of the Jedi cruiser and he calls Omega up there via the comm, she runs off. And as she's passing uh, Hunter and Echo, she just waves at him like as she's running by, like just <laughs> total little kid moment. Like, hi. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cute. That's dope. Yo, I saw that actor for the first time who does Omega's voice. Oh, yeah. I actually saw a picture of her. She's definitely an adult. Yep. But that is an adult human. Nails that little yep, kid that's voice. That's a grown up, grown up person. How about um, while we're just reacting first impressions, how about the animation during the ignition and explosion of, of the ion engine? Dude. It was Dude. all time. I mean, yeah, that initial expo- you know ignition of the engine, and then follow followed up by all of those detonators going off, and it was glorious. I mean, it was just we talked about this, you know, right after the show, reacting to the the animation being so in- insane in this show. Uh, like I think about it all the time when I'm watching the show now, which sometimes takes me out of it, which is a bummer. But I'm always watching it with this sort of like, okay, we're gonna talk technically about this. Sh- you know, this program on our program. So things will catch me. I'll be like, wow. But every little thing, it's like they were looking down at one point into this like cavern of the ship and it was just a flashlight like moving around in there. And even something like that, I'm just like, how do they make that? How, how did they, Yeah. how did they put that flashlight up there coming out of that opening and shining all around down in that cavern? And then 15 minutes later, it was like the coolest animation I've ever seen when that engine turned <laughs> on. So it's like, it's just crazy. Last week was the water. That was mind blowing. How yeah. good the water looked. For and sure. Then they were like, "Hold my beer. Yeah. Watch this yeah. ion engine turn on." Hey, water team. <laughs> Hold my Jawa juice. Yeah. Hold explosion <laughs> team's beer. You, you remember hearing about? I don't remember where I heard this. Maybe it was a documentary. I don't know if this is an obscure thing for someone else, but not for me. The South Park team when they started, they were using big, giant, like corporate size computers to render <laughs> that basic ass animation you know what i mean mm-hmm. they're big giant workstations and you know 10 years in whatever they're just using like off-the-shelf imax you know what i mean just simple shit right it has to be at the point with this animation where at the beginning they i mean they talked about it in the back of the se- in the behind the scenes and we mentioned this in our clone wars coverage there were just certain things that they didn't have the capacity to render they didn't have like the time to 
wait for the shit to render in order to do certain things. Yeah. And now I bet that's so much easier that they're like, yo, we could pull that actual like engine thruster thing from this, you know, library of feature film level effects and put Mm -hmm. it in here. And we could do that in this cartoon right now. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, yep, there you go. Yeah. Pull that straight out of any other like live action film and just blow everyone's mind. Yeah. I mean, we've mentioned it ad nauseum and just about Lucas and Lucasfilm at this point, just constantly inventing and pushing, pushing things forward. And they're doing that to the point of look at what we're saying. We're like one episode blows our mind and then the next one blows it in like a completely different way. So Mm -hmm. they're just learning and trying new things. And it's amazing. Good job, folks. I think another thing about this episode that stood out to me is just something really cool and, you know, just added a lot of depth to the story and where it's going the characters themselves, their relationships was the way that Crosshair went down combined in that epic moment of that explosion where you're just like head back in your chair, like, whoa, on top of that, the villain is bested, you know, and it seems to be like burned, deformed somehow that with the, you know, the bandaging they put around all of his head, like that's going to go forward in a cool way like is he getting yeah. disfigured it's gonna make him yeah, more right mean and nasty like i don't know it was just i love that uh the way they chose to continue the story the arc of you know crosshair trying to eliminate the bad batch like mm-hmm. this was a cool way to do it it was it was not For sure i think not predictable um you didn't obviously he wasn't going to win this week you know it wasn't going to be over you knew that it's like knowing in star wars that no one important is going to die really so yeah. how do you you know how do you keep that interesting well this was a good they, they did a really good job before we get too much deeper let's hit a quick synopsis and then kind of deep dive on some key points We open with uh, Crosshair finding out that the Bad Batch are on Bracca. He heads there with a bunch of clone troopers to go eliminate them on orders from Admiral Rampart. And it's straight up, go kill them. The Kaminoans are like, no, they're kind of valuable, maybe. Nope, kill them. Crosshair's like, yep, okay, later. Gonna go kill them now. So you said kill them, right? No, no, <laughs> you said kill them, right? No, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna kill them. Um, meanwhile, on Bracca, the Bad Batch have a little run-in with the Scrapper Guild, handle them pretty quickly without much trouble. And they head into a big Jedi cruiser to find some of the weapons that are not yet found by the guild. This makes it apparent that the Dianoga was not there to eat trash, as Nick suspected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but had apparently been keeping the guild out of this particular, at least, you know, weapons hold or whatever. Yeah. So they, they find this big stash of a bunch of um, proton torpedoes and stuff. Right? Proton? That's not Star Trek. Photon? Mm. One of the two. <laughs> Photon, proton? I don't think it's Photon. One of those is Proton. Star Trek. Proton sounds right. It's Proton. Yeah. Proton. Potato, potato. <laughs> it's Proton. Bro. The, uh, uh, they see this as, as a big opportunity to potentially pay back their debt to Sid, whether it's via the weapons or selling the weapons and so on. You know, It's a big score. We then see the Kaminoan leadership talking about hiring another bounty hunter, potentially to get Omega back into custody. Another. Yeah, mm. another. So that, that tells us Fennec Shand was hired by them. That makes that apparent. Or is that misdirection and Boba Fett? Maybe it's young Boba. Boba. But we do find out their true intentions here, at least a better indicator of at least one of them, um, that Omega is is their contingency plan. They say that verbatim, contingency plan, that yeah. she's the phase three, essentially, the phase three clone, their most current product, so to speak. So that sucks for her and for everyone who is not an asshole. They want to get her back. Crosshair shows up on Bracco with the battalion of troopers with the goal of killing the Bad Batch, like we said. Both groups 
trying to outsmart each other, but they know each other's game plans. And this is a little weird. We'll discuss this later about Hunter making some moves that you would figure. I mean, he mentions like, no, he's, he's going to know this. He's going to know that, whatever. But I think he underestimates Crosshair a little bit. I don't know. We'll discuss that later, but they're from the same team. It's going to get interesting. So once Crosshair corners the Bad Batch, they decide the only way out is to fire a giant laser cannon, which would in turn make the entire artillery deck unstable because this thing's crashed, of course. So that thing starts going cocoon, cocoon, and moving, firing. It's going to shake everything and, and bring it down. That's the plan. So they decide to head out through one of the ion engines out the back to escape, but are once again cornered by Crosshair and his squad. Crosshair orders another trooper to go fire up the engine to either smoke out or kill the Bad Batch. And Omega, this great moment where she's like, Will Crosshair do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Sorry, probably. <laughs> Still thinking there's some, I don't know, humanity in there or like that he has a choice in any of this, which I don't think he does. And they're like, wait a minute, can that even work? And Tech's like, oh, well, technically, you know, I reverted power to the so-and-so. So, yep, that's going to fire up. They're in a bad spot. So Tech suggests they place a bunch of charges around the cone of the engine to sort of break that away and they'll fall regardless. You know, they're falling. That That sucks, but better than just being burned out by an engine that's literally made to move this giant spacecraft into orbit and through space. At the speed of light. At the speed of light, yeah. <laughs> the plan works. Cone breaks away. Everybody falls. Bad Batch escapes. At this point, the engine is turned on, fires up, and crosshairs in its path. He gets hit with the blast from a distance, but enough that he's screwed up. We'll talk about this. Like or Ryan mentioned it earlier. Roasted. Hella Roasted. So uh, on the way back to the Marauder, Hunter and Omega are met by Cad Bane. Surprise, he pops in and it's full high noon style tumbleweeds moving through the middle. Tumbleweeds. <laughs> Sam Elliott narrating. Yeah. <laughs> and then Cad Bane stepped out. <laughs> <laughs> the most Western, straight up Western moment that they've had yet in Star Wars, period, in 43 years or whatever. Um, little shootout between Cad Bane and Hunter. Bane bests Hunter with the quick draw, nails him in the chest with a blast, actually stuns Omega, grabs her, bails to Kamino with her, we assume. Hunter wakes up. We see a point of view inside Hunter's helmet, first time ever in Star Wars, I feel like. He gets back into the ship, tells the rest of the Bad Batch that the bounty hunter took Omega. Oh, hell no. The end. (laughs) I like how the episode started with like a slow, quiet fade in with like a shot on Kamino. And then the end of the episode just fades out, you know, like there's no Bad Batch music, no nothing. So So vibey. The music at the end of this one was epic. Yeah. Yeah. It hammered home like this is bad. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the bad, like up-tempo Bad Batch theme. It's very ominous, whatever's coming next. And, you know, I think like we talked about, they're pushing the envelope as far as not just going straight for like what makes the most sense for a cartoon to do or what, you know, good guy wins in the end. Like, I think they are playing some of the more cool misdirection and you know all is lost for now kind of which which i'm here for it i mean they set the tone it it wasn't apparent that that was going to be kind of like a full episode tone but like you mentioned the score and the vibe coming in the fade in it felt so cinematic and not episodic Mm -hmm. you have to wonder too going forward from this episode it doesn't they they're not going to hop back into some off the beaten path adventure for for Sid or something you know like right. yeah I was thinking like where's how I mean what's Sid how could they even go well I'm I'm sure there's going to be something with her and the bounty hunters and like how they're going to find we I think we we 
talked about this in, in the reaction video, uh, which you can get if you're a patron. So you should go be one. Patreon.com slash thank the maker pod. We talked about how they may come back to Sid with all this, with this huge score now and be like, Hey, we're out of debt. And then some, we need your help. You know, that that could be somewhere where they go. But just, just to say that a bomb has been dropped now with Bane just leaving with Omega, Crosshair being injured and more angry. And all. it's like, there's no way that they can wrap that up and then go back to some other storyline. So I feel yeah, like right. the next, yeah. if it's really 16 episodes, I feel like the next eight episodes or seven episodes or whatever are all going to be kind of like full steam, you know, just... Mm-hmm only about the core story of the season. Now that we're like eight episodes in and there has been, we'll talk about it a little later, there has been a lot of similar like Mando beats here. Yeah. I'm almost thinking like, I wonder if they go back to Sid the way Mando went back to Grief Karga and we're like, we need help, you know, and then get the gang together. It's Rex and Mm -hmm. it's Sid and whoever else, you know, like it sounds too easy, but they kind of are repeating a lot of Mando beats here. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if that winds up happening. And dropping a similar like turning point, just like when Grogu was taken, mm-hmm. you know, just bombshell of an ending. Like granted, they didn't lose their ship also, but it's just like a line in the sand. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about drawing a line in the sand, dude. Across this line, you do not. Also, dude, Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. Asian American, please. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there was a before and there was an after. You know, and I, I know that Omega's beloved. She's not Grogu level, but still, she's the focal point of this show. So they are using a similar playbook. Mm-hmm. I think you're spot on there. There's another turning point. I feel like character-wise, in that, and there's a bit of a parallel in that Crosshair is. You know, we had the the first kind of. I don't know. I'm sure this could be paralleled with like some like Anakin stuff, but his chip activates. He's the bad guy. Right. But the like fuller, more like committing to the, the villain role step, the descent into shit is this blasting off of his face. You have to assume he's huffed all kinds of fumes. His lungs are melted and he's screwed up. He's being transformed into something else. And I don't think there's coming back from that. It might be some late redemption where he dies in that episode. It's like he's he's so fully so fully committed that character to being truly evil, I think now, that it's gonna be like redemption and death. There's gonna mm-hmm. be no redemption and return to the brotherhood. You get one last swing to uh make up for your, your war crimes essentially. Yeah. You get to toss the Emperor over the railing and then you're dead. <laughs> that or someone There's that <laughs> he could like fail a mission or something, get like outwitted by the Bad Batch and like don't forget some some stuff that happened in the real, original trilogy of Vader just coming in and being like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that could just be Crosshair just might die and it has nothing to do with the Bad Batch. Like he just loses, a, you know, doesn't fulfill a mission. And that would be a curveball, dude. And the new the new butthole in town, Darth Vader comes <laughs> in and just chuck, like chokes him out. <laughs> dude, that uh, let's try not to speculate too hard, but mm. that would be so sick. Because we're thinking this whole time, like, yep, Crosshair is going to be the big new villain. And what if it's just like, bam, yeah, you know, Game of Thrones style, like, sorry, you like that guy? He's gone now. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Vader just shows up. I'm yep. okay. He's dead. Okay. That'll do. Like, I'm what if, that. if this show is going to carry on give, giving Vader just like a permanent position in the dawn of the Empire as the villain? Mm. What, what? We're not going to be into that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. No one's going to watch that? <laughs> Speaking of him and this, you know, solidifying him is that when... Omega was pleading with him, 
trying to like break the spell in a way that kind of, you know, that movie trope, Mm -hmm. please, you know, hear me. It's not you, that whole thing. He didn't just not respond. He didn't just say, nope. He straight up ordered the rest of the troopers to fire on her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Specifically. So, I mean, they, they messed with his chip, you know, it's on 11 right now. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any, they cranked it. That's right. Any coming back from that. It's brutal. Did anyone else like feel a dark twist of their heart in that moment? Because her voice is so innocent, you know? Yeah, it was dark. And she's like, please, it's not you. And he's like, no, you don't want to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, it was dark. I mean, that's the stuff that I, I appreciate when they go there. Like yeah. when, when we can get an animated series where the villain is going to murder a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's real shit. Yeah. yeah, and then you bring in the bounty hunter that's known for stealing children as like <laughs> yeah. the, the new like extra villain. Dark. <laughs> but going back uh, to one of the points I made at the beginning of this point, there's a parallel because there's a bit of transformation going on in the sense that like a big one with Crosshair because he's now this damaged, deformed, you know, like Palpatine's uh, lightning scars, you know, left me scarred and deformed, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's in that place, but Hunter is also hurt and will be healing, and he was bested by, you know, for the first time, like truly just like face-to-face, one-to-one bested by somebody else, by a Mm -hmm. a villain. So there's like a shift happening there, too, in terms of like we saw all these dudes. It's just the most badass, untouchable group, and he met his match, you know? Yeah, it's not just physical rehabilitation. He's going to have to have some, he's going to have some mental rewiring as well because I'm sure he's going to be in his head about like, oh, maybe I'm not as good as... Maybe we're just regular clones. Maybe we're, you know, all of that's going to be going through his head because he doesn't, he's not supposed to be beaten. Right. I wonder if Rampart, you know, Rampart definitely doesn't like clones and obviously doesn't like even Crosshair, you know, even though he's like a commander. So I wonder if there's, in our eyes, like Rampart stays the villain and then there's a situation where like we wind up feeling for Crosshair. Yeah. Like Rampart's like looking down on him for not fulfilling this mission or another mission. And maybe Rampart's the one who winds up kind of... Maybe Rampart pushes Crosshair back, like back to the batch somehow. Who knows? And his eyes are all roasted. Everything like yeah. he's a sharpshooter. If his eyes are screwed, mm. he's kind yeah, of yeah. lost his edge. Mm-hmm. So interesting. One last thing before we get on to a certain point of view: all of the info that Tech pulls out of the Jedi cruiser, he gives Omega. Right? Who does he give the uh, you know the baton to to go get the data? It's Omega, right? Yeah, Tech was with Omega on that bridge. Confirmed. Yes. Stacy Leanne, patron. Thank you. There's a lot on there. Mm-hmm. So that it's not just the weapons that they got that could potentially be sold or, you know, get them out of their debt. That information is worth probably more than anything they could score physically. Yeah. And also worth something to the rebellion. So is that saw? Yeah. Could be. Is that just something that they hand over just like Hunter did last time mm-hmm. with the sisters? Mm-hmm. That's big stuff. That little moment could have huge effects, huge mm-hmm. ripples in the pond yeah. of the whole saga. You know, it's funny, we, rightfully so, we keep bringing up Saw as like a potential to come back. I mean, he's been in the series already, but as a potential for being someone that they wind up working with. But what's in the future for Saw is that he's even like denounced by the rebellion because he's too crazy, you know? Like he's too yeah. much of an ext- extremist. So imagine we wind up seeing that in The Bad Batch, like season five, where right. Saw is like the anti-hero kind of role. Mm-hmm. Could be awesome. I'm about it. All right, moving on. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A certain point of view, many of the truths we cling to, depend greatly on our own point of view. We actually have a few this week, but we'll try to keep it brief. Uh, One we kind of mentioned really hitting those Mandalorian story beats. This could be looked at as like a, oh, really just going to do that again kind of thing. It doesn't bother me. What do you guys think? I think the first, well, the first three things on the list in the segment this week are victims of the same people making it. Yeah. That's yeah. the issue. The story beats maybe like, again, we're halfway through the season and we don't know what's coming up. So maybe that like dissipates now. But the next thing on the list, kind of the way like the Western duel is being shot and presented. Going back to Solo. They're leaning in hard. Yeah. Going back to Solo is the first one. There definitely was sort of one in The Rise of Skywalker. There's definitely at least two in Mandalorian. And now there's this one where it's just that, you know, Clint Eastwood like shot from the hip, like ready to pull a gun, you know, out of its holster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then that's next. That's the next thing on the list is that they change like one and a half notes from that. (laughs) Val Kilmer shows up in a cowboy hat. (laughs) I wasn't as sick as I made out. (laughs) You even did the mouth just there, you know, like the same mouth that Matthew McConaughey makes. That's that acting training right there. You know how the, hey. how the oral posture makes the accent. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, Wait, you mean like the side, like the side cock when you're doing your yep. southern accent? Yeah. Yep. Hey, man, you That's know? the head tilt right it's, there. It's just how we talk down here, man. May the force be with y'all. Was that good? <laughs> Maybe May you could do force, better. May the force be with all y'all. <laughs> yeah. force. All y'all is good. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the the David Cross bit where he's talking about the, oh, yeah. the redneck voice? It's the best, dude. He starts out in Statesboro, Georgia. <laughs> that's how we talk down here, man. I don't know about you. That's how we he's talk. Like, that's how we do it in Nashville, North Carolina or something. But the I'm best from damn in, Bozeman, Montana, man. The very last one is, well, fuck all y'all. I'm from Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that's brilliant. It's so good. You know, he talks about in a I'm bar. From Flagstaff, red- Arizona. I think that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about a um. You hear a redneck fight when you hear just the of the stool yeah. kicked yeah. out. Like yeah, but get that's some popcorn, one of those bits, man. That's one of those bits where he he and he does this all the time. I love him. He's one of my favorite comedians. But he he uh stops himself like he like because he's yeah. he's a very improv based comedian. You know, he just goes off on like a loose joke that he had right about. I heard a school a stool scoot, and I'm already talking about rednecks. So, yeah. and but he'll get into it. He'll realize like even I don't think this is funny, and he'll just be like full rant. Like I'm a box full of hurricanes in a tornado <laughs> with the shark swimming, and then he'll just like, in a, and he'll yeah. stop. Be like, eh, uh, whatever. That's, uh, you get it. You get yeah. the point. <laughs> like mid stride. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Thank the maker. A David Cross podcast. Mm-hmm. So I would um, I would say in response to these first three about the Mando story beats, the Western duel trope and the Western score. It's just Star Wars. Like, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's becoming a Star Wars trope, but more like it's just like fully exposing what Star Wars has always been because mm-hmm. Star Wars is a version of a samurai film that was a version of a Western, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. All the Kurosawa stuff was based the on Western. Western nestled up in a box exactly. of samurais <laughs> with a sword fighting space cowboy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just, they're just, it's full tilt now. I'm only talking like this from now on on the, on the show forever. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Here on out, man, I tell you what. <laughs> On this program, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> hey, man, you play this tape later, and don't tell me this voice don't make you feel good. 10, 15 years from now, you put on this tape, I'll tell you what. What? Well, until they brand like a little box of uh, Star Wars toothpicks, I'm not sold. <laughs> the second I could get Star Wars toothpicks, Dude, I'm in. did you catch one, Kevin? I'm going to look on Amazon right now. <laughs> he spit out the toothpick, or he flicked it. He yeah. took it out and he flicked it as yeah. he stepped forward. Dude. Dude. Crosshair and Cad Bane, toothpicks. Yep. Check this out, though. Look at you. I got them. I always got them right here. Toothpicks. ASMR. <laughs> All right. Uh, last in a certain point of view, Hunter bested by Cad Bane pretty easily. Yeah. So. Uh, do we allow for the fact that he's just been through the trauma <laughs> that he's been through almost getting incinerated by an ion engine falling, you know, whatever that was, 50 mm-hmm. feet to the ground inside of a metal engine port, and then knowing that one of his best friends is trying to kill him, trying to save the child. All I mean, you know, maybe maybe he's, he's just a little preoccupied mm. to be fully functioning for a Doc Holiday showdown. There's the answer. There it is. That's all we need. Maybe there's, I like that for sure. Just riffing, but maybe there's like a, maybe Hunter can't like track or pick up on his senses. Maybe Cad Bane is like that good, or maybe he Hunter can't like read that specific alien kind of thing. Plus, Cad Bane is the bounty hunter. He's like the yeah. bounty hunter. So yeah, he's drawn that gun a few times. Yeah, on, exactly. On living on living people. Yeah, and also it seems like uh, Hunter at the end of the episode he said a bounty hunter took Omega. So he didn't say Cad Bane. So maybe he just didn't right. know who that was and yeah. didn't know that it was a a quick draw. Yeah, and a, and a really intuitive, heightened senses leader of a military team is not necessarily, you know, a high noon showdown yeah. gunslinger. Mm-hmm. So, not a format he's used to in terms of battle. That's a different batch member. Not Cad Bane's first rodeo from <laughs> yeah. uh, Stacy Leanne. That's a different uh, bad batch member. Shooter. Shoot. Not Crosshair, but... Shooter McGavin. Well, good for Happy Gilmore. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Happy with Yoda. (laughs) Oh, God. What a movie, dude. It's incredible. All right. Let's move on. Over a thousand generations. It is the dark side. It's a Calicore. A Sith Wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. The Den of Antiquities. At first, we didn't have many, but now we have... Many. <laughs> um, Nick, you said something about the smoke bomb oh, alert man. at the beginning with the diffusing. Yeah. The little, oh, we like, didn't even talk about the, the, the diffusing vibe with um, Wrecker where he pulls a fast one on Omega. Yeah. Maybe I've watched Luke Skywalker's X-Wing show up way too many times, but the beeping like proximity, proximity alert is just etched into my brain. And the second that Omega like, cut the wrong wire... In this episode, that same noise happened, and I was like, wait a minute, wait, what? So I actually, like, side by side, I'm 100% the same noise, which is weird because then in the episode, 
there is a beeping on the bridge when Tech and Omega are there, and he says it's a proximity proximity alert, and I feel like they should have used the noise then. Yeah. You know? Like, very... Yeah. Like, thanks for putting that same noise in there, because my brain just, like, dinged it as, like, something that I've heard before. But, like, they could have just put it and use it at the actual proximity They short-circuited your brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to watch... Luke's X-Wing showing up again now. Yeah. So can you guys finish yeah. without me? <laughs> Dude. You know, we didn't mention, this is probably not the uh, arena for it being the Den of Antiquities. This is almost like comedic to me. I feel like they were using the stun setting when they were fighting the the Scrapper Guild. So they like stunned one guy, but then like he like crashed the speeder and like went flying off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, well. You're trying to save his life, but I think he died anyway. And he got ejected <laughs> off a cliff. Yeah, stunned that guy stunned going 120 in the fast lane. <laughs> yeah, stunned him to death. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. But I stunned him. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like the Terminator again, like showing up, like he shoots all those people going into the uh, the mental hospital, but he only shoots them in the knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll live. <laughs> Thank the maker. A Terminator podcast. <laughs> You're terminated. Confirmed. Den of Antiquities. Confirmed by David Collins. On Twitter, the look and sound of Hunter's helmet turning back on is inspired by the game Republic Commando. Very awesome. A lot of people noticed it. I saw a couple it. different posts about it today, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people noticed that for sure, and he just confirmed it because I think he even worked on that game back in the day with LucasArts. Yeah, that whole thing, that whole first-person point-of-view thing, first-person shooter, I was instantly like in video game mode and so pumped when that happened. Yeah. Love it. Uh, Cad Bane character inspiration. We talked about this a little bit in the Clone Wars, I think. But as a recap, Lucas took inspiration from two bounty hunter characters in um, two different old westerns that he was a fan of back in the day. Angel Eyes, a character from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And Colonel Mortimer from For a Few Dollars More. Corey Burton for The Voice referenced Peter Lore, Laurie, one of the two. I don't know. We're too young. Uh, an actor who was in The Maltese Falcon in Casablanca old-ass movies, he referenced that actor's voice, and now I want to go back and listen. I admit, even as a, uh, as a, uh, what do you call, what do you call those people? I don't even know what I am. Bass player. Star Wars podcaster. <laughs> as a bass player. <laughs> you know, a film person <laughs> who likes film as a... Cinephile. A cinephile. As the cinephile that I am, I never I'm liked that word. I never liked it. It just feels, it feels dirty. Yeah, it, feels, it does. It feels so close to so many terrible words. Yeah. Any file on the end of a word is not good. Yeah. Eight-year-olds, dude. (laughs) No, he's a registered sex offender. He had to go (laughs) door-to-door. And so on. Insert clip. Um, Look, man, even, you know, as the movie lover that I am, I'm embarrassed to admit that I've never seen the Maltese Falcon or Casablanca. Oh, I've definitely never seen Casablanca, dude, is just all time. I've blown it. Put it on the list of stuff that I tell you to watch that goes to the bottom of the list that you'll never reach. Maybe if I retire tomorrow, I can finish my list by the time I'm dead in 90 <laughs> years because I'm going to live to be 131. So we need you guys to go to patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod so that Adam can retire and watch Casablanca. Yes. The canceled Clone Wars episodes, part of which became The Bad Batch, there's a four-episode arc that was never made. That includes Cad Bane and Boba Fett going to Tatooine. Uh, there was a seventh season prior to um, the Disney acquisition. There was a bunch of stuff. It was storyboarded. It was pre-rendered. Some people have probably seen this stuff where, and we talked about it before, where it looks like 
I don't know, PlayStation one kind of stuff and people moving, they're not even walking. They're just like scooting yeah, into that's place. The it's funniest, how, the funniest shit, dude. just them like yeah. floating. <laughs> they had all, everything blocked out for a bunch of episodes. It included what would have been Cad Bane's final arc. This was going to be, um, passing the torch from Cad Bane to Boba Fett as the next like legendary bounty hunter. But maybe we're going to get that still. Cad Bane and Boba Fett in this scene, um, in this unreleased episode, was a lot like this gunslinger showdown we saw in this Bad Batch episode, the high noon tumbleweed kind of vibes. This is where the dented helmet came from. Mm -hmm. And it ended with Cad Bane's death, right? Uh, I don't know necessarily. I'm not that familiar with this. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure if he died in that scenario. Nonetheless, they pulled a lot from it. So maybe we'll see another version of this. Maybe, I don't know. This is speculation that we don't want to get into too hard here, but it was heavily influenced by stuff that was already written. So like many things in every movie, every TV show, everything ever in screenwriting history, you know, something doesn't get used, you repurpose it, you rework it, it ends up in something else. And this is that in a big way. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of similarities there. Um, I just wonder if we're still, you know, we mentioned it on a couple of after show videos and stuff like that. Like, just seems like we're circling the waters of, of Boba here. So I wonder if we still maybe get that Cad Bane Boba thing. Maybe Boba winds up working at the Bad Batch at this point. God, I would love you know? that. And then has a face-off with Cad Bane. Why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> All right, let's wrap this thing up with our last segment. I love you. I know. Favorite scenes or moments, favorite quotes. You guys got a favorite? I definitely think because this was just such a fun episode start to finish that only lasts for 20 minutes. So I could, that's a favorite scene. You know what I mean? And this was kind of one solid like trajectory the whole time. But I think the engine igniting and the detonators going off, uh, you know, and them falling to the ground, that, that whole sequence was just so badass and so next level from an animation, sound design, everything that, you know, all the techie stuff you love about Star Wars was as good as it's ever been in that sequence. So I loved that. But second place, kind of, I was so expecting it to be Fennec when, when we kind of like knew a bounty hunter was entering the scene from the, you know, from the shoulder or whatever they showed. I forget. Right. Yeah, the beginning. Yeah. And then it obviously turning out to be such a cool surprise that it was Cad Bane. That was that was rad. But while that's an obvious favorite, I think honestly the explosion was just so remarkable to me. I was just like, wow, yeah. I can't believe this is an animated series in that moment. Dude, I thought it was going to be Boba. I mentioned this in the reaction thing. Mm. I was dead set on, holy shit, here, here he comes, you know, in that mm -hmm. split second, the over the shoulder thing, like you mentioned. But I was like 90% as stoked to see Cad Bane. So Nick, how about your favorite? I'm going to go with uh, Omega waving as she runs by Echo and, and Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Favorite. Hello. Favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I love that part. Rika. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're serious. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh. going. <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> that's my takeaway oh, from this amazing. whole episode. How cute that was. <laughs> I, um, it's almost a straight up 50-50 tie between the moment that Ryan mentioned the engine firing up, the charges going off, and that like distant like explosion as it breaks away. Mm -hmm. It was like just so good. 
the sound design, the way the shot was blocked, the composition of like the distance and seeing that like concussive distant, it's big, but it's small because it's in the distance, you know, and it's just a, an array, like a, a circuit, a beautiful circular, like, like a, like a controlled demolition. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was so dope. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. It felt just, it was like, it was warfare. It was awesome. But I don't know if it's just like the, the Halo playing video game nerd fan in me uh, thing is the, the first person shooter moment, mm-hmm. you know, the Republic commando moment. <sighs> oh God. I'm going to go with, with the in helmet. POV first person shooter thing is my favorite just because it is so fresh and maybe the first time that we've seen something I, th- I think truly like that in Star I Wars. I think it's been in Bad Batch, hasn't it? Hasn't it already? At one point, I don't think it looked like that. I don't know about that Man. level. It was like such a combination of like Definitely different. the heads up display yeah. and like the ringing ears kind of like war movie, you know, there was a mine that just exploded kind of trope. Mm-hmm. I feel like we we've yeah, this is definitely different. I feel like we've seen in this show at least one point of view, but I don't remember what it is because I'm almost 41. I think the closest <laughs> thing we've seen is the is the scope, crosshair scope. Yeah, you know they'll be. they'll do the whole screen black except for that, which that's mm-hmm. kind of unique too. Um, They're saying in the chat here we've seen text POV, but not quite this. The mm-hmm. in helmet thing. I feel like we've never truly seen. Yeah, we've seen. We've seen text screen when he's like translating language and stuff. But he has like the pull down thing. So mm-hmm. it's almost like pulling up binoculars or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like, because I, I remember watching it this doesn't going, feel like you're in. It doesn't feel like you're breathing in the helmet with him, yeah. which is what this right. felt like. Yeah, yeah. I remember in the moment going, oh, whoa, some badass costumer is going to make some heads up display inside a thing. Yeah, and it's going to be like, you know, a high end, high end product. And Mike's going to have him on Armor Party and they're going to talk about <laughs> how that thing was built. I'm going to pick that. That was my favorite moment. How about favorite quotes? You guys got one? I guess uh, off the list for the vote this week, I actually really did enjoy, I've never been inside an ion engine before, Omega, and it'd be weirder if you had yeah. <laughs> from Wrecker. Yeah. Like anytime we're getting Wrecker out of that sort of one dimensional bruiser thing and he had like a witty you know, funny comment that I, I dig that. I hope that they keep doing that with his character. Yeah. Be a lot weirder if you did. <laughs> uh, that's for sure my favorite too. So in this heavy, heavy, tense episode, my two favorite things were humor. Because so I definitely love that. Be weirder if you had. It's definitely some like <laughs> big brother, little sister thing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that dynamic between, you know, little sister, older brother kind of thing, but also completely different ways of looking at the world. I think my favorite might be between Tech and Omega, where she says, she, she's asking Tech what was the war like, and he says, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like he's reading from Wikipedia. Yeah. It was a primary mission objective comprised of battles on various fronts. <laughs> and she's like, but what was it like? And he said, hmm, I just told you. Yeah. Total like data Star Trek kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Oh, wait, there was another good one, and I don't think I wrote it down because there was too much of it, but when they were escaping through the engine, I forget who said to him like, oh, I didn't think you meant we were going to be escaping through the engine. And he was like, I couldn't have been more clearer. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> the tech thing, I mean, tech in a way is, you know, we talked about how one dimensional record can be at times. Tech is very much also like a, yeah. a tropey character, but mm-hmm. I love it. I'm I'm just, I can't get enough of, of that yeah. dry, like smart ass, smart guy thing. I love it. Makes me lull. Laugh out loud. All right, let's give out medals from the patrons. Favorite 
favorite quotes and favorite scenes. Five favorite scenes nominated by Nick Ambarian himself, host of two podcasts. <laughs> First nominee is Wrecker showing Omega how to disassemble a thermal explosive and has her disable one as a test. Hell of a boot camp to put a little kid through, I by know. the way. Yeah. Terrifying. What merit badge do you get for that? <laughs> Take a good picture. Oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> uh, if I had the soundboard, I literally have immediately following that line queued up, ready to go. Idiot. Nominee number two, the shootout between the Bad Batch and Crosshair. Bad Batch blowing up the ion engine in order to escape Crosshair. Third nominee, Crosshair injured and pinned against the Jedi cruiser by the force of the ion engine, getting his face roasted. Fourth nominee, Cad Bane reveal, hell of a cameo, the duel with Hunter and Cad Bane kidnapping Omega. Fifth and final nominee is the point of view from inside Hunter's helmet as he returns to the Marauder. Some comments from patrons, Logan Foy said, they love the shootout with Crosshair. Quick thinking to blow the ion engine is exactly what makes the Bad Batch so sick. Sarah Crow said, I mean, the Omega and Rekka moment was cute, Rika. but Cad Bane got an audible reaction from my partner and I. That was definitely like a, oh, shit, yeah. kind of thing. Very dope. But the winner with 44% of the vote, not but, and. <laughs> and the winner is. And the winner <laughs> is. The Cad Bane reveal, the duel with Hunter, and Cad Bane kidnapping Omega. Sarah Crow, you were on the right team. Second place with 24% of the vote, the view from Hunter's POV inside the helmet, returning to the Marauder. That's my team. Favorite quotes. Five nominees as well. First nominee, Echo and Hunter. Echo says, If we'd left with Rex, we wouldn't have to owe Sid at all. He's on a different path than us. Hunter, we're soldiers. What other path is there? Second nominee, Omega and Tech. This is the one I picked. Tech, what was the war like? It was a primary mission objective comprised of battles on various fronts. Yeah, you did. What was it like? Hmm? I just told you. Third nominee, Crosshair being just an ass bag, a brainwashed ass bag. He says, Look at you all, scavenging like rats. How pathetic. Fourth nominee, Omega and Wrecker. Cool moment that we mentioned earlier. Never been inside an ion engine before. It'd be weirder if you had. The fifth and final nominee from Cad Bane. Pretty badass line. I've taken down so many clones over the years. Once you figure out one, the rest are easy. Couple comments from patrons. Star Wars Junkie 66. Order 66, I assume. Picked number four, the Omega and Wrecker quote. He said... I love Wrecker and Omega's relationship. I get a big brother and little sister vibe, and I'm digging it. When Wrecker said that line, I literally laughed out loud. I know I'm a sucker for the cheese ball comedy. It was a good one. It was a good one. It was good. Literal lulls. And he said it in his non-meathead voice. Like, he yeah. he didn't say, It'd be weird if you had. You know, he said it, like, <laughs> in his quiet, kind of like, It'd be weird if you had. Like, it was, like, the different yeah. voice, which is, I like that we're getting more of that. Because for those first three or four episodes, man, it was just like, Oh, and just nonstop everything 
Every line. I'm big. Yeah. Oh, I'm still big. Yeah. Uh, Chris Davis, size the limit, who is uh, in the chat with us right now, listening along. What's up, dude? Sup? Said the quotes that make me cry or laugh out loud get my vote. This week, it was a laugh from Wrecker. So, um, which one was it? I guess it was that one, right? I think so. I think that was the only Wrecker one. Yeah. And the winner with 40% of the vote, the funny moment, the comic relief amidst the action, Omega and Wrecker. I've never been inside an Ion engine before from Omega. And Wrecker says, it'd be weirder if you had. <laughs> you are a child. <laughs> Second place with 32% of the vote, Cad Bane with the voice. I've taken down so many clones over the years. <laughs> Once you figure out one, the rest is easy. That was good, Doc Holiday, right there. I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> good times. Great episode. Final thoughts? Anything before we um, get into a quarter of the week? I don't have a quarter of the week. I need to find one. You son of a bitch. All right, everyone listening, it's my job. I, I don't. I don't do anything to help with this podcast other than show up and talk about Star Wars. <laughs> I have one job to find a quote, and I, I can't even do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> to make you laugh instead, Patrick Merton, one of our most devout supporters, made us laugh. So, here you go. From Roadhouse. And when a man sticks a gun in your face, you got two choices. You can die or you can kill the motherfucker. <laughs> I haven't watched Roadhouse since I was like too young to watch it. And I was at my dad's friend's house who was like a young bachelor who had a place. He had HBO. And my dad's like, yeah, you can watch it. It's whatever. And, you know, I saw boobs and stuff and it was just really, uh, yeah, it's been that long. Yeah, that's a fairly 90s. Is it on Channel 9? Turn on Channel 9. <laughs> Breast exam. <laughs> uh, hell of a way to wrap it up. If this is not enough Star Wars for you and you want to hear more Star Wars, maybe that has to do with costuming or cosplay or prop building, Armor Party Podcast is for you. Our friend Mike, who runs Hondo Supply, has another podcast. It's part of the Thank the Maker Network. It's great. Anywhere you find podcasts, Armor Party is there. You can follow them at Armor Party Show on Instagram. I don't think there's a Twitter. If you want to buy merch like the great blouse that Ryan, William Ryan Key's wearing right now that you can't see because you're a listener and not a viewer because that's the way it is. The greatest Sith Lord of all time. That's my line. Or any of the other merch. ThankTheMakerMerch.com is the one. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at ThankTheMakerPod, on Twitter at ThankTheMaker, and all of my stuff is at Adam the Skull. All of mine is at Cad Bane. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. At William Ryan Key. That's me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Bayside. And episode one of the radio radio show is out now exclusively on Spotify. So if you can find it in your heart to give me a listen, it's a lot of fun. It's just me playing tunes, talking about tunes, talking about music, stuff like that. Episode one out now. It's dope. They should subscribe to your radio radio show just like you should subscribe to our show because half of you are not. It's weird. It's a, it's a lot of people listening to the show. We're really excited about it, but half or more are not subscribed. Just do it. That's weird, guys. It helps us out. It helps with the algorithm. It helps put the podcast higher up when people are looking for Star Wars stuff. It all helps. And nobody, including me, is doing anything about it. That's weird, guys. <laughs> I listened to it today. 
Nick, I texted you about it. Yeah. It's great. Thank you. I'm not a Spotify premium subscriber because yeah. I, I do Apple Music, mm -hmm. but I did hear the clips. And for me, as an old curmudgeon about new music, yeah. it was great. It was 14 minutes long and I went, that was pretty cool. And now the song's already over and I get to hear Nick <laughs> talk again. So the whole spiel, if I could, if I could have the floor for a second, um, <laughs> Spotify bought Anchor. So you're allowed to make podcasts in Anchor using Spotify songs. So that's the reason it's exclusively on Spotify. I didn't choose it to be that way, but my apologies if you uh, use any other streaming service. So it's on Spotify. That's the only way you're going to get to hear the entire songs if you're a Spotify premium member. If you're not a Spotify premium member and you're just a normal Spotify member, you'll hear like a 30 second clip of the song or something yeah. like that. So it's a lot of fun. I've, I say it on the podcast. I've done... This is probably like my third version of a radio show and this one's going to stick, damn it. This one seems nice and legal because <laughs> the other ones were just more like streaming live on Adobe radio, which, you know, doing things live like Bill O'Reilly would say. Um, also on my soundboard, just, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> doing things live isn't good for people's schedules. So this is more of like a weekly podcast, but it's not necessarily a podcast. It's more of a radio show. So check it out. The radio radio show. Tight. Politics. <laughs> if you want to support the podcast, if you want to hear the reaction content or the after show content, if you want to be here listening to us record this live, you can go to patreon.com slash thank the maker pod. You can also just be a part of the discord community for just a few bucks a month. We have three tiers. They're all great. See which one works with you, your lifestyle, your budget. Also, if you like Nick and you like Star Wars and you go to Galaxy's Edge, or if you don't, and you want to. Yes. Batu Crew is the other um, social media account on Instagram at Batu Crew, right? Yep. And there's a bunch of shirts there that you could buy at the same time as Thank the Maker stuff. It's all hosted in kind of the same store back end. The host with the most. So it's all part of the Thank the Maker network. Mm. Everybody, thanks for listening. Dudes, good hang. And until next time, may the force be with you. Mm.